Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Hey there, this is Dr. Corey Gilbert with the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle and the Warrior Marriage Podcast. And today we're going to look at a book that a number of years ago my wife um, was reading. I think she was in a, a reading group, a, a book club, and they read this book. And it's, it was interesting to see how it impacted her and how conversations led to me getting it. And then I've been using this for a while in my marital premarital um, counseling class that I teach at the undergraduate level. <clears throat> and so it's the book Finding the Hero in My Husband by um, Julie Slattery. I strongly recommend anything that she's written, um, very powerful. And I'm going to walk through a few little pieces from this um, that, again, I use to unpack some of these conversations in my classes uh, that I do uh, online and face-to-face. So here's a story, so one of the stories to kind of start this conversation. Um, Kara, age 35, married for seven years. I'm so tired of trying to make this marriage work. Year after year, we have had the same old arguments. Now we rarely even talk about our problems. It's almost as if we have settled for a cold war, no passion, no excitement, certainly no intimacy. I always knew marriage wouldn't be perfect, but I expected it to be more fulfilling. John just doesn't seem to care anymore. He gets more excited about the latest football scores than he does about our relationship. He's more upset about losing a golf game than hurting my feelings. Even when he does something nice, I can tell he does it out of duty, not love. This isn't what marriage is supposed to be. I'm not sure I ever would have married had I known this is what I would get. Sometimes I'm so angry with John, we seem just a couple of steps away from happiness, but we never get there. We can't, uh, why can't he realize how insensitive he is to my needs? Why can't he value the marriage as much as I do? Sometimes I don't even feel like it's worth trying anymore. Did I make a mistake when I married him? Is there any hope for us? These are some powerful questions and some, some very important, um, well, I guess where she's at is too normal. And so what does she do? What, what needs shifting? Does she need a shift about her perspective of her husband? Does it need to be a kick in the pants uh, for both of them about the importance of marriage? Or do we, like, how important is marriage? If you're not happy, should you move on? And a lot of philosophies and theories and, and ethics can be um, shared. And so this is an important one. She's stuck. She's actually in a, in a rough place. Um, if you kind of analyze the words of this, you only have these pieces here. <clears throat> is she about herself or the marriage? Is she about the calling from God to what marriage should be? Or is it just about me? And if we're not careful, that really is where we all tend to land, is we're very self-centered and we're very self-focused. I'm not happy, therefore. Be careful with that. Her last question, did I make a mistake when I married him? Is there a way to know all the data of what's to come when I get married? No. You don't know what you're getting yourself into, honestly, at all. It is an incredible risk. It's a crazy risk. I actually heard a pastor one time say that marriage is putting a revolver to your head and putting their finger on the trigger. Weird, scary picture. But it's the idea that now they can actually hurt me the most. I'm letting them in so close. So in some rational way, we might go, wow, why would anyone get married? 
interesting. That's what a lot of our young people today are saying and doing, practicing, um, which has led to a drastic increase in people just living together and kind of um, sex buddies and friends with benefits and not actually committing. And that's having a repercussion on our culture and on our families and on um, children that come into this world outside of marriage. So it comes back to what's the purpose of marriage? Is it my happiness? Is it my fulfillment? Is it my it, someone to just have adventures with? Or is it something bigger than that? So let's look through some of this um, as we kind of proceed using kind of this as a backdrop, I guess you could say. So what is the biggest obstacle to intimacy um, when it comes to marriage and doing life together? And this was an interesting place that Julie Slattery landed that made me think and made me pause. It's overcoming disappointment. Like we have to then face reality. They're not, in a sense, who they sold us that they were. That's dating. Um, they're someone else. And can I roll with the changes and the... What if things happen that changes who they are? Health issues, um, trauma, other events that are outside of our control, or really serious attacks on, on that person from their career or job that changes who they are, or a loss of a child, or on and on the list of things. Part of what this is is linking together, linking arms together, and journeying, overcoming disappointments, and getting closer in the process. This is not what a lot of people experience. The more stuff happens, they get further and further away. What I really see is the problems that come in real life, in marriage, in life in general, they reveal, they show us where we're really at. Money is just money. And you live with below the, your means or above your means and you're more stressed out. But it's a revealer. Someone said years ago, and I would concur, but it'd be different measurements today, but look at a person's checkbook and planner to see their priorities. They can say that this is their priority, but if their planner says otherwise, time, um, if their checkbook says otherwise, I mean, that's the truth, the, the reality. Marriage is hard. And here's an interesting statement she makes. A woman never marries the man of her dreams. She helps the man she married to become the man of his dreams. Whoa. It's not about you. And this goes both ways. It's not about me and my happiness. It's about me helping me make my wife the best version of herself possible that grows her. And that's going to be different for me than it's going to be for you. And each family is different. But we're really good at trying to tell other people what to do, which is dangerous. Remember, this book is actually written to wives. So as you see some of these, this is the I get this in my classes all the time, this, this almost fight of, well, what about the husbands? It's like, well, hold on. This is written to wives, so the audience is very narrow. They're not addressing both sides. That's a marriage book. This is one that's to wives. So this next one says, a wife's influence originates from her husband's needs and desires. It's this important, very important. Her influence, it comes from, it starts from, it's kind of embedded in her husband's needs and desires. Now we can get into a big conversation about, well, it's not about his needs and desires. Yes and no. Marriage is about us coming together and serving each other, so yes it is. But when those become demands, that's where it devolves really fast. And that's where a lot of couples, and you might even be at. 
So here are the three things that are really important. Um, she completes him. She admires him. And she arouses him. These are hard to, to digest sometimes. Who she is makes him a better person. She completes him. This would be who she is spiritually and how she honors and worships and lives for God. How she serves others and who she is and her personality. Um, even her, her choices of the way she does life, whether it's from the home to career to priorities, all of it, the kind of friend she has. She's meant to complete him and vice versa. She admires him. Like she actually thinks well of him. One of the things that rocked me that made me really reevaluate who I would marry was when my dad asked me one day, um, if you marry this person and you think you're, she married up and you didn't, th there's a problem. It needs to be that she thinks she got the better end of the deal and so did you. You both do. Why? Because then it's probably authored by God, not you. Because we can create small things, he can create great things. Do I get that? And this third one, <clears throat> one that we might get creeped out about, but this is actually critical. She arouses him. She's supposed to. And we need to think through that deeply. Um, I have a whole book on this for families and parents to talk through a biblical sexual ethic. It's called I Can't Say That. Um, you can get it at ICan'tSayThat.com or on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. But she arouses him. It's actually a critical part of the design um, that's actually beautiful. And I see a lot of, especially Christian couples, where they're hung up on this one. This is a problem because it's almost like this is not allowed. Or God shields his eyes, eyes over, over this part. And that's not true. He created it. He's the author of that. God's design for a wife's power. Look at Proverbs 14.1. Um, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears hers down. Who she is. How she lives. A lot of us are living in a way that's tearing our house down. We're living in too big of a house that we can't afford. We have cars we can't afford. Um, we're going to schools we can't afford. We're doing things that are outside of our reality, and it's not okay. That's with the money side. Time. We're involved in too much, and it's taking too much of our time that stresses the family out and stresses the marriage out, and we're, we're not in a good, healthy place our relationship with the Bible. We're not in God's Word. We're too busy. We're not in community with people that we can just be with. We're too busy. If you think about the way we build life, this really, really matters. Community really, really, really matters. This word submission is one that we spent a lot of time unpacking. And this is just going to be one angle on it, and I'll come back to it um, later on as well. But think about this example under this heading of the word submission. Tina's husband, Jim, has a bad temper. He sometimes yells at the children when he is frustrated with work or while he's wrestling with a household project. The kids are obviously hurt by his anger and insensitivity. So the question is, should Tina intervene? Some of us have a construct of submission as no, she is to submit to her husband and so she doesn't intervene and she just kind of exists. I don't know about you, that kind of makes me sick for her and for the whole because he's a not a better person because she he married her if she doesn't intervene if she he does she doesn't help him be a better person because here he's not being a better person so how you think through 
some of the issues that you might be having right now really, really matter because this impacts how you live out life. This understanding that word submission, which isn't a bad word, it isn't a cuss word. And the verse right before that in Ephesians uh, 5 talks about submit one into another. It is, it's mutual and it's to everyone. It's to authorities. It's to um, everyone. The whole of you know, people, others come first. But then it kind of narrows it down into there's something about the marriage relationship and then the way that we do that dance as husband and wife. And we are different. We have different roles. And can that be okay? And so let's actually, I just saw that. Let's go to those verses. Ephesians 5, um, 22 says, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 21 says, um, submit one to another. And then 23 says, For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As a church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. Powerful verse. A verse that we can take really out of context and do a lot of damage to. What I've seen a lot um, in some counseling is, uh, especially male counselor can be, wives, you need to submit, end of discussion. It's like, it's not you know, like talked through with where they're at. Is he asking her to do something unbiblical? Boundary. Is he being completely insanely unreasonable? Can there be a boundary there? Um, is she just being stubborn? Well, we need to talk through that. There's a lot of nuances to this. What is this picture here? Husbands, or wives submit to husbands as Christ, the church submits to Christ. That weird, interesting, crazy, why would God use marriage to pick, you know, as a picture of how we relate, humans relate to God? That we are the bride of Christ, we submit to him. That, that's an interesting you know, place to, to spend some time and to, to really rest of this is a beauty here. There's a surrender. There's a voluntary, not demand. Christ does not demand our allegiance. It's a beautiful thing. It's by choice that I surrender. What an incredible gift it is for a wife to do the same um, for her husband. Just saw this Colossians 3.18, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And then 1 Peter 3.1 and 2, In the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, then if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Um, this is a call out if you're unequally yoked, if you're not married to a believer even, that you stay steadfast and your life may be the life that he sees that leads him to the cross, that leads him to his knees to repent, to change, to grow. Um, this is about the long game. Marriage can be hard. What we tend to get wrapped up in is it's about the present, the now, my happiness. And so being careful with that. <clears throat> Here's another uh, example to think through from this, this word submission. Sam has never been happy at work. Over the course of 10 years, he has had nine different jobs and moved his family seven different times. So the question, should his wife, Laura, continue to follow him every time he becomes discontent at work? That's a big one. Should she follow him? And this gets difficult when it's just, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall. And I would honestly say what, what they need to do is get help. There's something else going on there for him to be you know, being stuck like this with, with his work, 
Um, and that's more of a revealer, again, like we talked about with money and, and even time, what we do with time. If she does, is she being submissive or foolish? And I would say a lot of us would think she's being foolish um, for submitting or for following. I would say she is if she's silent. She's not meant to be silent in that submission and following her husband blindly. It's a relationship. It's a back and forth. It's a, we make decisions together. I know I've made some decisions and wanted to make some decisions lately where it's been fun and amazing and beautiful, the dance between my wife and I, as we don't make decisions separate. We do this together and it's a team and it's not always easy. It's hard conversations and it's beautiful on the other end with what comes from that, the intimacy and the friendship and the we're journeying together. Just like we have some decisions we made, you know, seven, eight years ago that we look back and we made a mistake with a house that we shouldn't have rented it out. We should have kept it on the market and sold it. And we lost, you know, so much money. It's, it's heartbreaking, but we made the decision together. We didn't, we can't, we don't blame each other. We don't point a finger. We did this. We did that unknowingly and we um, faced the consequences, if you will. Here's another one. Uh, Jerry, Ashley's husband, uses very little discretion when it comes to what his children watch on television. He often brings home R-rated movies and views them in front of their young children. Although Ashley is bothered by Jerry's insensitivity, she does not know how to put her foot down. And then at church, um, Ashley, she has heard about the importance of having a submissive and quiet spirit. Oh, this one gets to me. Sometimes some great stuff we teach in the church ends up leading people astray. So she comes home and she submits and she's silent and she doesn't have a dialogue, be in a relationship. The word I use here when in marriage counseling is she doesn't feel like she has permission to talk to him in this way. And it leads to a disconnect and, a, and problems and then bigger problems later because this is meant to be an area where she exerts her opinion and, and ideas and she helps mold him even if it's just to we don't do this around the kids she's not meant to be silent this idea of quiet spirit is not silent voice and you're just a drone or just a uh, even a maid or a sex slave or any other kind of the stepford wife no 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 be careful with that all those submissions sounds like an abstract and lofty word. It is, in fact, a very practical aspect of marriage, says um, Julie Slattery. Every wife makes daily decisions about how she supports her husband's leadership based on her understanding and acceptance of God's command to her. If you look back in Genesis at the fall, men were, the part of the fall was the men would work and toil of the land. For the woman, it was pain and childbearing and, and that and tends to get missed. And she will want, her desire will be to rule over him. And the honest truth, that's what we're seeing in our culture. How many wives have kind of said, forget it, you're not doing it, I am. And the guy goes, okay. We've got a problem here. And it's not about him stepping up and going, I'm the man. That's not it either. Um, and her silence isn't the, the you know, best response either. It's we work together as a team and we actually have different roles, which is really important. Misunderstanding the meaning of submission and when it should be applied can lead to devastation in a marriage. And I've seen this so much where this word, especially in Christian families, ends up being a source of, of um, well, destruction of the marriage, but also just sometimes a lot of unhealth. So I love this next statement. When a wife 
in the spirit of submission, buries her influence and power, she may enable her husband to become a controlling and dominating tyrant. She has influence and power. Is she, are you using it? This is really, really important because you can. You have an incredible power and influence. If a wife fails to submit when she should, she will reverse God's order of marriage, causing her husband to feel both inferior and angry. That, that statement kind of weirds me out a little bit, but I get it. I get the heart behind it, that there is a place for her to submit. One of the things that I've found in my marriage is I can't even pinpoint times where my wife necessarily has to submit. It's a team effort. We do things together, and we are journeying on this path together and making decisions together, and we're working as a team. Are there things that she's better at and better suited to make decisions on and versus me? Absolutely. Both and. And we work together as a team. Um, how you view marriage and how you view this dance is an ethic that I think shapes everything for then how you parent and then influence your children and do life and career and just all those, again, priorities. Perhaps nothing determines the level of intimacy that develops between a couple more profoundly than the balanced and true application of this tricky concept. So what is, what's, what's not submission? And so here's a summary of those things. It does not mean that women are less valuable than men. It does not mean that women should not share their opinions. And it does not mean blind obedience. And it's never dictatorship. Yet these are the phrases that I hear when people try to interpret submission. They go right here to these things. These are the things that they see taught in the church. I don't believe that. I don't think it's taught in the church in that way. I think it's interpreted that way. Important to, to think about. So submission calls for a woman to use her power in a way that will not challenge, dominate, or undermine her husband's authority, but which instead will support it. You're walking alongside as a team. The word submit was often used in the Greek culture as a military term. It communicated the idea, once again, of voluntarily placing oneself under the direct authority of another for the purpose of a higher goal. That's an amazing picture. Until I actually saw this in Julie Slattery's book, I don't think I really had grasped that picture. But my, the word I kind of zero in on here is voluntarily placing. There's, there's a surrender, but it's by choice. That is God's call to us, that we voluntarily place ourselves under, that we die to ourself. We take our plan, lay it to the side. We want his plan. We take our desires, our attractions, all those things, and we lay them to the side for his story, his best. That, that's a difficult, it's a supernatural thing. Where we're asking him to do something um, greater than, than myself. Submission. A submissive woman does not abandon her influence in her marriage. That's an important piece that we kind of come back to here. The opposite of a submissive woman is a dominant woman. That's a, that's a rough one. That's, that's one that gets us into trouble. Because what I've seen is then a lot of women I know, young, especially these young women where I work in colleges, I go, because you're more of a dominant personality, based off what we've taught oftentimes about marriage, you're not marriable. Or we've misinterpreted this. And I'd say we've misinterpreted this. It's not about dominant because you're allowed or because you're opinionated or because you're driven or you're extrovert or any of these things. It's about how we use those parts of ourselves. 
and those can be used for good or evil. We can use them well or we can misuse them, and that's what this becomes. The submissive wife uses all of her God-given influence to build her husband's ability to lead. What's the goal is to help him be successful. That in the end, something that we don't want to even think about is the husband will be responsible for his family before God. We don't tend to think that way. But this is important stuff to think about as we understand marriage and we understand the power of influence. And um, if you think of, again, this book, Finding the Hero in My Husband, the intent here is I want to think well of my husband. I want to think, I want to see him in a way that honors him and, and builds him up. That's not necessarily a bent that we have. We tend to be bent more towards and jaded more towards criticizing and having a list of where he's not doing very well. May we have a heart of looking up to and desiring even more for our husband, which is really critical. And I love being able to talk through this with, with college groups. And I'm, gl I'm glad to do this and help you think through this. Why? Because it's stuff that you may or may not agree with and you might um, even push back on. That's the point. I want you to push back on this. I want you to think through it. If you just kind of hear this and go, that's nice. I'm actually probably missing something, and maybe you are as well. So we need to think well and deeply and study uh, what does God's Word say, what, other, what have others said, and how have they interpreted that. How do we live this out day to day so we can build strong, healthy, God-honoring marriages that believe in incredible legacy. So I hope this blesses you and that you desire to have a strong, healthy marriage. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world.